All right, Justin, sing me a song about your favorite streaming service. Sing a song about my favorite streaming service. Uh, I love Netflix. I love Netflix. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, I love the Netflix. Oh, I love the streaming. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Netflix. <laughs> I'm counting that as a fail. That was beautiful. <laughs> I've never heard that song before. So It's that new edition. Fresh out the kitchen. I feel like that's a copyright infringement. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think you totally stole that melody from something else. So I win. Nope. I made it up just now. Nope. I made it up just now. No, I win. You don't get to judge. I win. So just add that to my tally of wins. All right, Heather, I'm going to give you a different song to sing. Oh, boy. Why is it both of us now? (laughs) I don't know if I like this. (laughs) Sing me a song about your least favorite streaming service. (laughs) <laughs> um this is tough this is really hard um i'm drawing a blank shoot one of these days i'm gonna get it i'm drawing a blank just for listening purposes i'm gonna leave all the pauses in on that just so people can hear how absurdly long you guys waited in between saying things you asked some tough questions here hey it's all i do that is true what if i love all streaming services equally does that count as my answer no, because that's not a song. <laughs> when are you going to learn that part? Because that's something you've, this is like the second time you have failed with that specifically. When you were like, oh, no, I was hoping you just that like, I could make you forget. This isn't a slam poetry reading. <laughs> you know, you didn't do it even in like a fun hip hop, you know, rhyming scheme kind of way in a spoken word. You just kind of say it, hoping that I'll accept it. Yeah. And that's what not that how this works. Sing? You've sang on episodes before. So I know that's not true. That's when my vocals are warmed up. <laughs> well, hey, you should be warming up before every podcast then, just in case. <laughs> just give me this, please. Nope. It's another L for you. <laughs> I'm like the undisputed champion at this game. It's great. Yeah, it's because you make the rules. Yeah. And it's fun. And that's what happens when you make the rules. You get to win. Let's start the episode. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And if you could not guess by our little banter beforehand, this episode is about streaming services. We're going to talk about what we like, don't like, and everything in between when it comes to streaming services. We're also going to kind of give some predictions and some thoughts and everything like that with upcoming streaming services, like for, say, the NBC version of which is called Peacock, which is one of the weirdest names you'll ever have with the streaming service, or something like HBO's Max, which is supposed to debut next month in May. So we're going to talk about all those kind of things and also kind of maybe get into some predictions when it comes to streaming services in general. We're also probably going to lay some facts down on you, like how much debt is Netflix actually in? The number will surprise you, so stay tuned. I don't know why I decided to read that like a radio read right like we're going into commercial. But hey, whatever kind of hook I can get in, I'll take it at this point. Um, so to kind of like, you know, round out why we're talking about this is because everybody's streaming the fuck out of everything because everything else is closed the fuck down in this uh, country right now. I mean, there's not really any new movies coming out. Well, there's not. I, I can't say not really. That implies that like, oh, there's like one or two, but we're just not watching those. 
No, nothing's coming out. So everything's going to streaming services. The only new content we have are streaming services and like TV and stuff like that. So it's really just, we just thought it'd kind of be fun to talk about streaming services. So, I mean, I don't really have a way for us to kind of jump into each of us talking about it and stuff like that. So I'm going to very vaguely throw it to Justin and hope that he kind of salvages what the fuck I'm thinking. Um, while I maybe figure out a way to actually make an episode out of this with Justin saying, uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on streaming services? In general. <laughs> I like how you just did that. Uh, I don't have anything, so Justin, uh, take it away. Um, just I, I mean, everything. I guess a good place for me to <laughs> to start maybe is just to talk about uh, what my experiences have been and what I think it's done as far as to to how we view movies, programming, entertainment, and things like that. And well, for somebody like me who's... Uh, well, I was just thinking, because when you started talking, I thought of it. We could kind of do this like we do movie reviews. What do you like or how we used to do movie reviews? What do you like about streaming services? Okay, gotcha. So, well, then to talk about that, then obviously the the convenience of it really is just unprecedented. Um, I'm going to kind of show my age here, but, I, you know, I grew up at a time where Blockbuster video was a thing. Going to Hastings and renting movies was th- those were pretty much my avenues in order to uh, to, to watch movies. And th- the way that that system used to work, you just had to hope and pray on your way up to the video store that the new that the new movie for rent or whatever was in. And I remember, it's just so crazy to think now, I remember going to video places like that and the managers or the employees bragging when they had 10 copies of a movie in, you know, oh yeah, we got plenty of copies of this one. And it'd be like 10 copies or 10 cases of the, the, the movie for rent and stuff like that. And I just remember just being so happy whenever the movie I wanted or the game I wanted or whatever I was trying to get was there because a lot of times you would go and sometimes it just wouldn't be there, especially if it was popular and you had to kind of time it like, okay, I know that this place rents for three days. So maybe if I come back Tuesday or maybe if I come back Wednesday, the, the movie will be there. And because of streaming, that is just a thing of the past. Like now, I mean, just being able to log in and find thousands of movies just at your disposal, at your beck and call. And they're just a click away and you can watch them. I mean, there's nothing like it. So from that aspect, I'm just super thankful for it, man. I mean, I don't know how many times I've just gone, even when I don't know what I'm going to watch. I can just click on my Hulu or my Netflix or whatever it is, and I can just sit there and scroll until something comes to mind or go into the search bar and just put a letter in and see what pops up and go, "Eh, I think I'll check that out today. Like, it's just so easy now and everything is just so accessible when it used to not be. So when it comes to that aspect of it, I'm just super thankful for it. I mean, I just love the convenience of it. Uh, Another thing that's great about it is that if other people make suggestions about movies and stuff, 
I remember, you know, back then when somebody made a suggestion, oh, have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation, (laughs) you know. And then if you happen to remember when you were at a video store or if it happened to still be in theaters, maybe you could catch it. Well, now people are like, hey, you know, you should watch this movie, Justin, and it's on Netflix. Oh, it is? Cool. Now I can just go there and watch it. And those are just those little things that just seem like everyday things now are the kinds of conveniences that 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 I just remember not having. So uh, for that, I'm incredibly thankful for those things when it comes to streaming services. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I'm similar. I used to love like being able to go to a video store and like figure out, oh, what looks good to watch, you know, like it was just like a fun thing that I would do with friends on the weekends or with family sometimes. So, you know, I was so used to that mindset. And then, you know, when I when I was more of a avid TV watcher before college, it was like anything that I wanted to watch was just on TV currently. It was like you know, you watch it every week or every day when it's on or whatever shows were on, like right after school, all of those things. So it's like you had easy access to what you wanted to watch, but it's also because you were used to what you were always watching. So you knew when it was on, you just kind of stuck with it. There weren't as many options before streaming. So it was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is fine. I watched it before and it's fine. So I'll just watch it. You know, and um, so you just like you had more limited options, but you were fine with it. And now we're a little bit spoiled with the whole like you can literally find anything that you would want to watch or, you know, if you're into action or you're into comedy, whatever it is, you're going to find something on some streaming service that you're going to really enjoy. So I, I love that aspect of streaming because you can really find so many things that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise taken the time out to watch. Like I know there's so many movies that um, I might not go see them in movie theaters when they come out, but I'm like, I would eventually like to see it, you know? And so you have streaming services where you can do that now and um, shows that I was like, Oh, I always been around meant to get around to watching them. And I never did. And then you can totally watch the whole show on some streaming services or um, and even now, one thing that I like is if they are newer shows, because I don't watch just normal TV anymore. I pretty much just watch streaming um, newer shows. You know, you can watch new episodes of it the day after. So I just feel like that's cool, too, because you're still able to watch current live stuff, but you can go back and watch some favorites. Um I think it's, I mean, I, I was kind of probably a little bit later to the game and getting into the streaming services just because I was so used to how I had always done it. Or, um, there were times when I was just busy either with school or work or whatever it was that I wasn't really watching as much TV. But now that I have access to streaming services, I have totally been back in it. And I was like, man, I missed this when I wasn't doing it. <laughs> but you know, um, I just think that it's, it's very convenient is the word for it. It's so convenient because, you know, you don't have to find a channel that's going to work or you don't have to wait for a certain time for something to come on. You know, you can pretty much most of the time watch what you want when you want. And, um, I think that's a really smart thing. And I think that it's 
Um, I mean, especially now, you know, with not being able to go anywhere, people are probably streaming like crazy and catching up on things or watching things maybe they wouldn't normally watch. And they're like, okay, I can get into this. So you're exploring more options. Um, You know, you're just kind of, it's also fun when you can do it with other people. Like if you're quarantined with your family or something, you know, you can all watch it together or, you know, watch shows that maybe someone else in your family likes that you've never seen. Like it's kind of, it's good opportunities to watch things that are out of your normal zone of what you watch. But um yeah, I mean, it's very convenient. It's a brilliant idea. Um, I was late to the game on it, so I think I'm still, like, um, not that it's been, like, only, only in the past year or something, but in general, I got to the streaming part of it later. So I'm still like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing. You know, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, man, I can't find what I want. You know, so I, I feel like I'm still on that high of, I have the options to watch whatever I want. This is great. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's been really great for me, too, especially, you know, if you're someone who is an avid movie watcher or TV watcher and you want to explore things and shows you've never seen. It's perfect for someone like that. So, yeah, uh, for me, I really just love the convenience of I mean, because I, I typically have my iPad on me at all times. And, you know, when I was taking the train and stuff like that or at lunch at work, I could just watch a show like wherever I was I could just watch a show and I don't know I really really got into that um I mean because I I I started streaming Netflix about the time you could um I had a Netflix subscription uh when you could order DVDs and stream stuff uh I used to stream on my Wii and you had to actually go on to Netflix and do your account through Wii and they would send you a disc that would allow you to stream on the Wii because it wasn't technically, I don't know why it was weird, but like that was the way you streamed with the Wii and stuff like that. And then I was doing it through like a PS3 and stuff like that. But no, I just, I got into it kind of then and it was interesting, but it wasn't like groundbreaking to me yet because you were still kind of very limited with what you could get and stuff like that. And then, then Hulu came out and Hulu had the weird restrictions at the time because it didn't have any original content yet. And I mean, neither did Netflix back in the day either. But this was when with Hulu, it was mostly just shows that had just aired or maybe some back seasons and stuff. But if you wanted to catch up on a show, your best chance of doing that was on Hulu, you know, and that's oddly enough how I got into Glee was Glee was on their mid-season break and I was able to go on to Hulu and watch all the episodes of Glee to that point. Um, But then they got into these weird things of, you know, you always had to wait till at least the next day. But then some shows, you would have to wait a week and one day. And there was all these weird restrictions that, you know, the the networks would put on it that would kind of kill things and make it very hard to actually be enjoyable. So then I honestly just stopped streaming stuff at that point for a while. I would mainly just rely on you know, what I watched on TV or DVR. I was still DVRing a ton of things. And then at a certain point, uh, I guess this would be about seven years ago or so, is when I really started watching Netflix because I got into, I got into the office and this was a few years after it had ended. And the fact that I was able just to sit there and watch the entirety of the office is kind of actually what pulled me into streaming services again. and. 
Yes, I just would watch The Office and watch The Office. And then before I knew it, I'd watched the entirety of The Office like 27,000 times. And but then I started going through all the movies on Netflix. And that's where I first saw the movie Dread was on Netflix. And it made me so sad that I didn't watch that in theaters. Like I had still such a sour taste on my mouth from the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread that I just didn't give that one a chance. And I know some people that had seen it and they were telling me I should watch it and all this other stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. And then I did. I was like, oh, that was amazing. And then I just, I don't know, started streaming shit all the time. And then I started getting into Hulu again because I'd hear about a show and be like, fuck, I'm like four episodes behind. But I could go into Hulu and catch up on that show. And then I could, then I would go back to DVRing it. And then I'd watch it on my DVR after that. But like Hulu made it a little bit convenient because I paid the extra money to stream shit without ads on that. So then it became like Netflix where I could just binge watch these shows and catch up on these shows, especially they, they would have the shows where they'd have multiple seasons of it and stuff like that, you know, like all the old seasons. And I could just binge watch all that and catch up on it so quickly doing it that way. And then I remember, and then, you know, I'd watch shit on HBO Go because HBO Go was a thing at that point. But that was just nice because, like, you could go back and watch old HBO stuff without buying it. Because, like, back in the day, if you everybody remembers, I mean, HBO series, buying them on DVD, that was an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything was so expensive. It'd be like these 10 episodes of The Sopranos. You know, that'd be like $99. It'd be so fucking expensive to fucking buy that shit. Or you'd find a deal, it'd be like on sale, and it'd only be $40 on sale. And you're like, oh my God, it's a steal at that price point, you know? And so that's why I liked HBO Go, because I was able to go watch The Wire again, watch The Sopranos again, watch Angels in America again, which shout out to Joel, because he brought that up again recently. And I always love a chance to recommend Angels in America to people, um, because I watched it when it actually aired on HBO. And... But it's just so great to go back and be able to watch all the, the quality HBO programming. And then all of a sudden, I remember then like Amazon was a thing. Like they were like, Amazon's starting a streaming service. And you're like, OK, Amazon. They're like, it's free for Prime members. And you're like, oh, I'm already a Prime member. I guess I'll give this a chance. And, you know, and so then I watched like uh, Man in the High Castle. And the second season of the show called Fortitude was on that. Uh, and that was like a weird Icelandic show that I had somehow gotten into the first season. Because it was like randomly, I think the first season was like $10 on iTunes one time. And it had Stanley Tucci in it. I was like, oh, I'll give this a watch. And I don't know. I, I'm very weird when it comes to stuff like that. I'm very much like a kid when it comes to like books and comics and stuff like that. Where sometimes just a weird cover or a weird picture for like its thing on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or something like that. Makes me go, oh, I want to watch that. What's that picture mean? And then, you know, I watch like a whole show. And... So that was, you know, Amazon was a thing. And then, but I, I, I stopped watching Hulu as much, but it's still, but all this time I'm still watching The Office continuously on Netflix. Like I might watch it a couple episodes right. of a show on TV or Amazon or, you know, maybe it's something on Hulu. But then like at night, I'm like, nope, time to put on The Office. Doo, doo, doo. And I'd always go to bed watching The Office. And then, I mean... I, slowly but surely i don't remember when i kind of stopped watching television traditionally which is bonkers because i've got like the mega huge every channel ever direct tv package and i don't really watch on it like a television through my cable box anymore 
I'm notorious for at this point putting on like the direct TV app on my iPad. And then, then I just, depending on what night it is, I'm just binge watching old ass episodes of the original law and order. Um, but then I find myself watching a lot of shows on Hulu of the ones and not even their original content. I'm talking about the shit that's just airing on TV. Instead of watching it on TV, I'm watching it on Hulu now. You know, I'm watching the new, like, I would say I watch a lot of the Netflix original content. But then at this point, holy fuck, there's so much original content. Like, I just feel like they're releasing 27 shows a day on Netflix and stuff like that. And like, so I mean, you watch stuff here and there. We, we did an episode on Tiger King and in and, and Castlevania recently. And, you know, we've done uh, Stranger Things. We've done an episode on that before, you know. But it's just like, slowly but surely, I stopped watching TV and I stream everything. Even if I'm streaming my direct TV service through my iPad, I'm still technically streaming it. I'm not even watching it on TV anymore. Like I'm watching it through an app instead of through my cable box, you know? And it's just weird. Like looking back on it, I'm like, when the fuck? I like, I can't even really pinpoint a time when I'm like, I stopped watching TV. Like in the classic sense, I don't watch TV anymore. Like even sports a lot of times, like with the NFL Sunday ticket through direct TV, more often than not, I watch it through the app. Or I mean, if it's really crazy, because I do have a nice TV, which is really crazy because I feel like I waste my TV half the time because I've got like a nice 65 inch TV. I should watch it more, but like I'll have like one football game up on the TV and then I'll have the red zone on my iPad. And I typically do that when I watch the Titans play because I don't want to watch the Titans on red zone because they don't always end up in the red zone. So sometimes I'm like, it's been 15 minutes and I haven't seen the Titans play yet. So I don't watch them through that. I'll watch them on the TV. And then for all the other games going on, I've got the red zone on my iPad because, you know, God forbid, I just watch one thing at this point in my life at a time. Like it's just constant content, like content all the time now. And I'm like, and part of me thinks that's the degradation of society. But at the same time, if it ever got taken away from me, I'd revolt in a heartbeat. And like, that's what I think is so crazy now is, and and I, I do mean this in a good way. There has never been more shit to watch ever. I mean, you, you think about it. Less than 100 years ago, there used to be three TV channels, and that's all the content people could watch on the TV mm-hmm. were those three television channels. And now, I mean, they have a streaming service now that is strictly designed to solely be watched on a phone with Quibi. All their TV shows and the episodes and everything like that are all like under 10 minutes, and they're all formatted to be watched on a cell phone. And that's it. That is bonkers. That like, that's the point we've gotten to is that now you have shit that is solely being made. There's a show that's got Liam Hemsworth and Christoph Waltz in it. And they they made a show on that, that Quibi channel where the episodes are like 10 minutes each and you watch it on your phone. You've got Christoph Waltz, Academy level actor on a show that you watch on your fucking cell phone. I know I sound like I'm angry with that and I'm not. I'm astounded. Like my mind is boggled that that is a thing now that as our TVs keep getting bigger and bigger and better and all this other stuff, we're still finding ways and and companies are still finding ways to maximize watching shit on a little five inch piece of glass. And it's bonkers. And I love it. I love all of it. Like I don't, I, I mean, it's a weird love hate relationship I have with streaming and we'll get into that in just one second. But like, yeah, we just live in this crazy time to where like now with like everything the internet has done that's bad is also in a weird, amazing way 
like whatever kind of person you are, like whatever your hobbies are or whatever, like things in general you're in, like into in life and all this other stuff. Weirdly enough, there is a community somewhere online that is into the same shit. You know, if you're strictly into like a huge fan of driving an Oldsmobile cars, there's like a fucking like club of people on Facebook or online or somewhere where you can go and just talk to other people that love only driving Oldsmobiles. And I feel like we're at that point with streaming too. whatever kind of shows you're into. They're just out there streaming somewhere, even if it's on like YouTube Red or like there, you could find the, those shows somewhere and they're just there waiting to be watched by people, you know, and I think that's like a crazy great thing. But at the same time, it it kind of makes me wonder when this is going to die. And that kind of makes me want to go into negatives. So any other positive things before we move on, guys? I don't know if I'd say this is a positive, but do you remember when like when Netflix first started and it was like they would mail you a DVD like once a week or something or once a month and you would watch it and turn it back in? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I never did it. Yeah. Even when even yeah. like I said, when I had the subscription to Netflix where I could stream and order DVDs, I never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, why would you if you could do both of them? But I just remember. Yeah. At the time, you couldn't stream everything they had DVDs for, you know. Right. But I just know I it's never did. It's just crazy how far it's come. Yeah. I just thought at that point, since I was getting a streaming service one, I thought that there was a chance that maybe I would order a disc every once in a while. So I had the subscription that had both. I just never did. And then eventually I dropped it and just went streaming. Yeah. And I remember that too, Heather. Um, I was one of those people that always got the mail in movies and would watch them and send them back and stuff like that. And that was really my first interactions with Netflix were with that. I was kind of like you, I was kind of late to the game getting all these streaming services and stuff like that, because I was just kind of one of those people, Oh, I've got a TV. What do I need all of that for? You know, that was kind of my thought process. And then kind of like you also, I was just busier, you know, I was so active with wrestling and I was traveling so much. And I mean, I was just all over the place with wrestling and stuff like that. So uh, I had cable, but I really wasn't watching it. And a lot of times if I was renting movies or watching movies, it had to have been something I really, really, really wanted to see. Like I either had heard something about it or was something I just really just had, you know, sometimes you just want to watch something and with something that comes to mind and you may not own it or you have trouble finding it or you're like, oh man, you know, I really wanted to rent that and see how that turned out or whatever the case may be. So, or you missed it in theaters, which happened to me a lot. I used to be, I mean, it's weird to think that, well, now we're not going to theaters because of COVID and everything, but uh, man, just how often I would go to the movie theater now compared to back then. Like I used to be so busy. I would miss everything coming to the theater and then have to kind of play catch up whenever it was available for rent or whatever the case may be. So, and it is crazy now that to go from that to, and I used to go, man, what's the point of all this stuff? I have a TV and now I'm looking at my TV and my cable and going, do I really need this? And, and, right. and so it is weird to make that transition. And kind of like what Sterling was saying, there was a time where I didn't have cable. There was a couple of years where 
I didn't even see the point of having it because I had Netflix, I had Hulu. So when a show, you know, the next day I could just stream the show, uh, you know, or whatever the case may be. So I was like, well, what do I really need it for? And that for and there was a long period of time where I didn't even have cable. All I had was internet and my streaming services. So I totally get that. I mean, yeah, it really is weird nowadays. Like, it's weird that I'm to the point now where if like I hear about a show or I want to watch something that's old or something like that, and then like you go to the streaming services, at this point, I find it's weird when I can't find something that I want to watch. Yeah. To me, like if yeah. I'm like wanting to watch something specific, that's what's weird to me when I can't find those things. So I'm like, wait, why isn't this streaming somewhere? Like it boggles my mind that at this point, with how prevalent streaming is, where in a lot of ways, streaming is killing the traditional cable business. And when I'm like, oh, I want to watch this old movie and then I can't find it. I'm like, but wait, what, why? Like, why is that a thing now? Like, I find myself at this point questioning why something isn't streaming somewhere. Like back in the day, I found it weird when certain things were streaming. Like Hulu was a very weird concept to me. I'm like, well, why are people streaming shows when it, it's just on TV? And just watch it on TV then, just DVR it. Why are you streaming shows? And then now I'm to the point where I'm like, wait, why isn't this streaming? Yeah, exactly. Why is this only on TV? It should be streaming. Like that's to the point I'm at now. And I'm like, well, it's so weird that I made that change. And I, like I said, I can't even pinpoint when that happened. Like, it's just like, I find myself like seven years later going the just exact opposite. And I bet a lot of people have had that moment and maybe didn't even realize it. But yeah, I, but, but there had to have been a moment where uh, for most people, I'm sure, where you just made that transition. And all of a sudden, most of what you watch is streamed versus what you're watching on TV. And then sometimes, man, just I think that with when you're busier and you're working and you're doing the whole adulting thing, I just feel like making the time to sit down and watch TV. I don't know. It just seems harder to do now. I don't know if that's just me or if it's other people too, but I don't know. It's like making the time to sit down and go, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to finish this show. I don't know. It just seems easier. I just feel like I'm more inclined to watch it when I can watch it anytime. Like if I'm yeah. waiting for my tires to be repaired, okay, I can pull this out and I can watch, finish this episode of The Office, or I can finish this anime episode, or I can finish, you know, it just seems the convenience of streaming just makes so much more sense than trying to plan a time to sit down and watch something. Now, of course, your favorite shows, or if you're really following a show or something, you know, and people, of course, people still watch TV. But I don't know, man, I find it more and more difficult to do. And like, even when I'm at home, I just so normally wind up, I'm, I'm in my bed watching some of my streaming, even though my TV is there. Like, I'd rather <laughs> lay down and, you know, I'd rather lay down, got the wrap up in the quilt or whatever and watch what I'm watching then. It's just, I don't know. It's just now it's harder for me to do that even just that you know and that's just sitting down in front of the tv no i totally get that because outside of watching sports like watching a game or game of thrones 
I don't sit down and watch TV. Like Game of Thrones was the last thing I went and watched on TV. Like at the time it was airing for the first time. But other than that, no. Like even with the yeah. HBO shit, I'll just wait till the next day and watch it on HBO Go. Even though HBO mm-hmm. Go and HBO Now, it actually comes out at the exact same time uh, it airs on yeah. HBO. Yep. So, I mean, there are times I'm watching like last weekend tonight, like 15 minutes after it started, I'm watching it on HBO Go because I'm like, oh yeah, that came on and then I'm watching it. But like, I'm not sitting down and watching it. I mean, other than, like I said, me streaming through the DirecTV app, my endless episodes of Law & Order SVU on TV or Sundance, depending on what night it is, depends on what channel I watch it on. Um, I mean, t- I guess technically, because I'm just doing the live view at that point, but all that is is just me would be the equivalent of binge watching fucking Law and Order on Netflix. Just it has commercials because it's on TV and Netflix doesn't have it, you know. But yeah, I'm binge watching like six or seven episodes of Law and Order, you know. So it's not even it's I'm still watching it like you stream. You know what I mean? It's not even like most people would watch traditional television back in the day. I'm just binge watching a show still, you know. But like outside of that, like appointment television outside of live sporting events and Game of Thrones is a non-existent thing for me anymore. I can't, I can't even tell you what is still scheduled to be recorded on my DVR because I don't fucking look at it ever. No idea. Yeah. You know, it's fucking crazy that that's where we're at though now. Like in general, right. like, and I, and I don't feel like we're, I mean, I, and I know, Jasmine, you said, you know, people still watch TV. I, I think that that's just a less common thing now, though. I don't know too many people that have appointment television anymore, you know? As much as the DVR kind of killed that off, I think streaming really killed it, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I mean, what, last night, I think I watched 15 minutes of Law & Order SVU on actual television. And then I went and just did something else. It was like, oh, yeah, nah. And then I just, then I remember thinking, I'll watch it on Hulu tomorrow. Like I was planning to do anyway. Like I was watching the show on television and went, eh, I'll just watch it on Hulu tomorrow. And stopped watching right. it on television. Like, it's <laughs> bonkers that that's what I did. I'm legitimately watching a show I was going to watch. It went, yeah, <laughs> I'll watch it this other way. That's not more convenient because I was already watching it. It's just the way I'm used to watching it. I decided to do instead of what I was literally already doing. But like, and I just was, I was oh, just thinking ahead. about it later. That I was just going to say, I was thinking about it later that night. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I stopped (laughs) watching a show just to watch it the next day on a platform I'm used to watching it on. That's bonkers. (laughs) And like, uh, and you would think that even when I just think about these, this past few weekends since COVID and everything, I mean, right. I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, right now I can't even, I can't go to the gym. I can't go to really any public places. I'm, I'm mainly just out when I'm out, I'm at work or I'm grocery shopping. And then the rest of the time I'm at home and these past few weekends that, that I've been home and haven't been doing any like overtime work or anything like that. I still haven't sat down and watched any TV. And I mean, I have to be here like, and even still, I can't even remember the last time I just sat down and watched TV, even in the midst of COVID. If I'm watching something, I'm streaming it. Like, I haven't even sat down during COVID and watched TV. And I can't do nothing but be here, you know? <laughs> and that's crazy. Like, like, even then, when I have to be at home, I'm still not watching it. 
like I'm still streaming. And that's just crazy that how much like that's how much my routine has changed and what I'm used to now. It's almost like it's it's almost I don't, I don't want to say a drug, but it's almost like it just feels better to do it that way. Just knowing that I'm going to, you know, I'm turning my iPad to the side or whatever I'm doing and I'm scrolling, getting, you know, when I'm logging in and I'm clicking and the Netflix is loading up or the Disney Plus is loading up. It just feels like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's that time again. You know, now what am I going to watch now? And, and that has taken the place of sitting down, taking a deep breath on the couch and hitting the controller on the TV. It really has, you know. Yeah. And another thing that streaming has broke for me is essentially outside of Game of Thrones and a few other select shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I rarely watch shit like kind of as it airs, like the weekly airing of a show. I don't do that as much. I would much rather mm-hmm. wait for the whole season to air and then just watch it, binge watch it. Like there are a few things I do that with, like, you know, like John Oliver's last week, uh, last week tonight. It's a new show, you know, so it's a little bit makes more sense to watch it as it, you know. The weeks it airs and shit like that. Um, like I said, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'll you know I watch it every week. Um, Law and Order SVU. I do sometimes. Sometimes I might end up going three weeks or four weeks. Then going, oh yeah, I haven't watched that, and then I'll watch it. Um, lately, I've been watching the new episodes as they air of Vice Lands, Dark Side of the Ring. But then, like other than those shows, I'd much rather just wait by the whole season and watch it all within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of watching weekly television feels weird for me with certain shows. Like, well, it's not that it feels weird for me. I only do it with certain shows. Like, like I said, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I love that show. And it doesn't do cliffhangers. So it's not like between every episode. I'm like, oh my God, I have to wait till next week. Oh no. It's just a show I really enjoy. It's one of my favorite shows on television. So just like for me, when a new episode comes out, I go, great. I get a new episode, you know? Right. But like Game of Thrones, was one of those things like, yeah, I watched it when it aired because it's like, you can't wait to watch it. You're so wrapped up right. and you're like, fuck, no, I have to watch it now. And very few shows give me that feeling. And so I'd much rather just wait and binge watch it. Like, I like the show Westworld. I haven't watched a single episode of season three. All because I'm waiting for the season end. And then I'll watch it all at once. And oh, I guess the last show I did that with, truly did that with, was Watchmen. Originally, I was going to wait for all of Watchmen to air. And then I was going to binge it. But then I kept just hearing things like that. It was really good and all this other stuff, not like spoilers or anything like that. But I just kept hearing it was really good. And I was like, fine. And this was, I think, after like four or five episodes that aired. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And then I watched it as fucking hooked. And then it, then it kind of became like Game of Thrones. Like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the next one. And it would air. And I, I was watching those the nights they aired. It might not be directly when they aired. Like, I think it came on at like nine. I might start watching it at like 9.30. I'd do whatever I had to do for the day. And then at 9.30, I was watching Watchmen. But yeah, it became like, that became appointment television. But I mean, that show was a beast of another thing. Like that was just such an amazing, amazing show. Um, if you want to hear more about that, listen to mine and Justin's episode we did on it. Because I think that was a really good episode. Um, but, you know, that was the last real thing that did that to me. Other than that, no, I just kind of wait. And then I watch it. But any other positives, guys? Nope, nope. I'm good. All right, so on to some negativities about streaming. Um, Honestly, like I was saying earlier a little bit, the whole now with how prevalent streaming is, it's mind-boggling that the exclusivities of certain things and 
all the weird stuff like that, that more shit isn't out there that should be. Like a really weird example of it was, it's a weird and very specific uh, example of it, but like, all right, the show Criminal Minds. So the first 12 seasons of it are on Netflix and they've been on it for a while because they're on uh, season 15 or 16 now. I think 15. Anyway, but they've got the first 12 seasons on Netflix and then CBS All Access was going to come out. And so they were like, yeah, this is where you watch CBS shows. And so the thought process would be that, you know, now they would be on CBS All Access. Well, if you go to CBS All Access right now, you go to Criminal Minds, they've got like the first 10 or 11 episodes of the newest season, which is, I guess, 15 on there. But that's it. So for whatever reason, seasons 13 and 14 are just nowhere streaming at all. And from a purely business standpoint for CBS, that makes no sense to me. Because say I'm listening to this podcast right now for the first time, and I hear about the show Criminal Minds, and I've never watched it before. And you're like, oh, the first season, you know, it's on Netflix. And I go to Netflix, and I binge watch the first 12 seasons of the show, and I'm hooked. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love this show. I'm going to go to CBS All Access now and watch the newer, uh, like, you know, and keep catching up so I can watch it, you know, all the way up to the newest episodes. You can't watch seasons 13 and 14. You can now not catch up on that show. The only way yeah. you can watch seasons 13 and 14 is if you go and buy them from on Google Play or uh, iTunes or on Amazon. You have to go buy those seasons. You can't just stream them somewhere. And to me, that's bonkers as a business model. Why would you not want them streaming somewhere that people can catch up and then, you know, like get to the newest point? You know what I mean? Get to the point to where they're paying you directly either through CBS All Access or watching it on TV where you're earning ad revenue. Like you're not even giving people the opportunity to catch up on one of your shows that they want to watch that's ongoing. That is utter bonkers to me that someone thinks that as a business model, that's a good idea to have just a random segment of your content, just unavailable, really realistically unavailable because how many people other than me constantly buy shit on iTunes? I mean, like I was saying earlier, I watch Brooklyn nine, nine on Hulu every Friday. I also bought the season on iTunes so I can watch it on iTunes too, but no, I watch it on Hulu, but if I wanted to, I could watch my episodes of it on, on iTunes. Cause I bought the season too, the day after they air. And I understand I'm, fucking stupid with the amount of money I spend on every streaming service almost ever and the amount of shit I just buy on iTunes on a constant basis and then the amount of money I spend on my cable that I already openly admitted I don't really watch at all. Um, yeah, I spend a ton of money on just the availability of being able to watch content even though five out of seven nights I'm watching old ass episodes of Law and Order. Um, but that's it. It's It's and it's crazy, though, that like there are companies out there that just they don't want you to be able to watch their shit. I'm like, you're literally just saying you don't want people to watch it. And that is just a mind boggling concept to me at this point. I mean, and to me, I think that speaks to issues with streaming stuff in general of it. Now it getting to the point to where it's spreading too thin. Like I mentioned earlier, you've got NBC's Peacock coming out soon and HBO Max coming out soon. And with that, you've got the weirdness of the office will finally be leaving Netflix in the next few months. One of the main things that if you go on the internet and just look at memes about fucking Netflix, I'm going to just randomly say, and this is just an arbitrary number I picked out of my head. 89% of them reference watching the office on Netflix. And I would say the 
eight more percent of that are probably the Tiger King. And everything else is just something else. The other three percent is just random other shit on Netflix. But I mean, so many people constantly watch The Office on Netflix. It's about to go away. It's going to be on the Peacock. And then the thing is, is after that, we'll be like Parks and Rec, which I know a lot of people watch that too. That'll be gone and on the Peacock. Um, it's, it's going to be crazy to see what that does to Netflix. But, I mean, it's smart on NBC's part because those are their programs. You know, it's smart to have them, you know, on their streaming service. That's instantly going to bolster their numbers. But we're adding, we're at this point, we're adding more streaming services at this point, And they're going to, you know, poach this and that. You know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is probably no longer going to be in Hulu next year because it'll probably be on NBC's thing. Um, then you have these weird things. I know a lot of people were wondering if X-Men's New Mutants, the movie that has been delayed for like 27,000 years at this point, and it's delayed again because of COVID, if maybe it was just going to end up on Disney Plus because they did that with a couple of other things like Onward and stuff like that. Maybe they were just going to say, fuck it and put it on Disney Plus. Do you know why it's not on Disney Plus? Part of it is because apparently in their contract of buying out Fox, it has to go to theaters. But other than that, because the streaming, ser- the streaming rights to it were already sold to HBO. Disney can't put it on Disney Plus yet. First crack at it for streaming has to go to HBO, which doesn't want to do that right now because they're debuting HBO Max, which is a huge like AT&T thing. It's everything from Warner Brothers and all the HBO stuff and Warner Brothers and DC and all that stuff will all be HBO Max. Um, but that would be the first place it could air not Disney plus. So it's in Disney's best interest at this point to, you know, actually release it in theaters and then, you know, uh, stream it, uh, then go to HBO after that. But like, that's weird that Disney owns something and Disney can't air it, you know, on their streaming service because of stuff like that. Like, I mean, you have friends, which is one of the biggest shows of all time. It's exclusive streaming rights will be on HBO max. Uh, the Big Bang Theory, whether you love it or hate it. One of the biggest shows of all time also. Exclusive streaming rights, HBO Max. So NBC, which aired Friends, isn't even getting that. Netflix lost it. And Peacock's not getting it. CBS All Access doesn't get Big Bang Theory. That's going to HBO. Like, that's crazy that you're getting these weird exclusivities of, of older content. It's not even the new shit. Like, I understand Netflix originals only being on Netflix. Like, duh, that makes sense. But like, random old shit. Like, they're using that as like children in a divorce. Like, they're doing these weird bidding wars and all this other stuff. So they're like, they're using that to treat us, I guess, like children of divorce. Where it's like, oh no, you like me more than you like, you know, your other parent. It's like, so HBO Max can go, see, I'm the cool dad. Fuck your mom, Netflix. They, she doesn't give you friends. I give you friends, you know? Because that's just the weird stuff that people will automatically want a streaming service for. That old familiar content. And then once they hook you with that, then they give you all this new content shit, content and shit like that. But I mean, I think that we're going to get to a certain point where there's going to be too many streaming services. There's going to be too much exclus- exclusivity. We're going to get to the point where I do think that this might end up being a bubble and bursting. And I don't think it'll be a thing where streaming will die after that. I mean, look at the what the the web, you know, like or the Internet bubble, you know, the e-bubble that was, you know, like the early 2000s. Everybody was everybody was doing an online store. It was this it was that it was this is that. And it burst. Well, yeah, but the Internet didn't. You know, the Internet's still here, obviously. It's just 
everybody, everybody and everything being an internet thing died. It's kind of coming back in a different way now, but I think that's more because of, honestly, cell phones and iPads. The fact that everybody has the internet on them at all times, I think is what's changing that. But I kind of feel like we're going to end up getting a streaming bubble and it's going to burst. I think it's going to start with Netflix. And I'll get into that a little bit more later because I've got a deep, dark you know, prediction that Netflix will collapse. And I'd say probably within the next two years. And I'll go more into that later. But that's just one of my things. Uh, so, Heather, what about you? What are some things you don't like about streaming? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a big one is just there are so many options and it's it is spread too thin, I think, because I get that, like, I think people are realizing and networks are realizing that that's what is big right now and that's what everybody's doing. And I think that it's just, um, yeah, it's just being I think it's being spread too thin and it is kind of like. Yeah, like those little special case ones where you're like, okay, so like we were using the example of Criminal Minds, like, all right, so I'm going to watch all of that up to season 12. And then, oh, now I have to search for where I can find the other seasons. And then I have to search for another place where I can find the last season. So I do think it is spread out too thin um, in some places. And it can be overwhelming, honestly, like there's some streaming services that I haven't even touched because I'm like, I'm good with like the three that I watch normally, you know, like the ones that I normally watch are, you know, either Hulu or Netflix or Amazon, you know, so I'm just like, I feel like between those, I can watch almost all the things that I would like to watch. And, you know, it's just like, I feel like there's, too many choices and it can be overwhelming. So it's very much, I think that can be a detriment because, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that could cause more chaos. And then, yeah, I, I just, I see that going poorly if they continue to add more, which, you know, as we were saying, they are going to be adding more. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely the future, if you will. And I get it, but I do think that they're giving you so many options. It can be overwhelming. Um, But yeah, that's honestly, for me, that is the big, the big thing too, because, and especially if you are, you have those special cases, it's like, put it all on one or, (laughs) you know, like what, what is the, what is the benefit of it being in like three different places where you have to find it if you want to watch the show? It feels more like, they want you to just pick them and pay for them more so than they care about you actually like what you're watching, which is fine. I get that too. Cause you're, you know, trying to make money, but it's just kind of like you make that investment or what if there are those people that they choose Netflix because, Oh, there's a specific show that I love on there that I want to watch. And then suddenly it's like, Oh yeah, we don't have this anymore. Or, Oh, we don't have the last season of it or whatever it may be. Um, I remember like one of my favorite shows to watch is psych. And I remember that was on Netflix for a while too. And that was like my show that I'd watch in the background. Or if I just had a weekend of just kind of relaxing and doing nothing, I would just kind of put it on and suddenly it just went away, you know? So it's also kind of like at any given moment they can decide, sorry, we're not going to be airing this anymore. And so it's, I guess I get why they also, have you doing a lot of different ones because you're like, okay, well, it's not here anymore, but I want to watch this. So I'm going to buy this one now. So, you know, I could see how lots of different services are making money that way, but also 
they could be losing people that way too. And um, so I just don't think the strategy of how they're doing it is necessarily the best. And also for me, I've always been one with, with the movie aspect of it. I've always been one that I love the whole thing of going to a movie, going to a movie theater. And obviously right now we can't do that anyway, but I just love that aspect. You know, it's just kind of a fun thing. It's a lost art, if you will. <laughs> like, it's just very much something I enjoy doing. I'm like, I'm going to take the day. I'm going to go see a movie. And the whole thing is so fun still. And um, I think now that that hasn't been something we have the option of, and now most things are on streaming or new stuff are coming to streaming earlier because of everything, you know, when everything lifts and goes back to normal, I feel like people are going to still, they're still not going to be adjusted to what they have had for the past couple of months, you know, like maybe movie theaters won't be able to recover from that. Maybe movie theaters won't be a big deal anymore and people won't even go anymore. So what's the point in having them? Let's just have everything on streaming services, which yes, that is convenient. And I totally get that. But I don't know. I just think there's something great about still going to a theater and having the big premiere and the opening and um, seeing a movie the weekend it comes out and just having that to look forward to and, you know, kind of getting out to do that is something that I really enjoy. And I think a lot of other people do, too. So I feel like it's going to be different if if everything continues to move so quickly in the pace that it's going to streaming services, it's going to, I feel like it could affect movie theaters in general and how that whole thing works. Um, especially seeing like, Oh, well we spent a month where we couldn't go, but they just put it on other streaming services for us anyway. You know, a lot of them I know have pushed their dates out, you know, pushed release dates and things like that until things are back to normal. But I just wonder if, because people are going to be so used to like, oh, well, I could just watch all these other things and they release them early now anyway, so there's no point in going anymore. So those are the two things for me that I see as the negative of it. Justin, what about you? Uh, yeah, definitely one of the things that you said, um, as far as just on streaming services, just sometimes the things that aren't available or the things like you said that were available and then all of a sudden they're just not on there. That always sucks. Like there was a there was a moment of time where all of the Godfather movies were on Netflix. And then it seems like they're on there for a few months or something. And then all of a sudden they're not there. And then it always feels like, or not all the time, but there have been those times, man, where I'll remember that something was on Netflix and I'll go, Oh yeah, I've been meaning to check that out. Let me go uh, look at that movie. And then I get on Netflix and it's not there. It's, it's already coming left. And that's just like yeah. the the worst thing in the world when you finally get some time to watch something and then it's just gone. And then you have to play that game of, okay, where else is it? Is it on Amazon Prime? No. Is it on Hulu? No. Well, I hope it comes back to Netflix because <laughs> I don't want to like just pay to watch this individual movie or download this individual movie. So I hope it 
comes back. And sometimes you are just at the mercy of if that's all you have, well, then you're just kind of at the mercy of what they want to show. So sometimes that does suck. And sometimes it does seem like they'll have the worst movies like the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Generally, one and two are considered good. Well, right now on Netflix, only part three is on Netflix. And sometimes you just scratch your head and go, how come you only have part three? You know, like, where are the other two? Like, sometimes that happens. Like, they'll just have a part one or they'll just have a part two or they'll have that bad sequel that came out and then the other one won't. And I get that sometimes the actual movies are tied up in rights or they're going to go here and there. But that is kind of annoying how sometimes you'll get a there'll be a part two available, but not part three or not part one or whatever the case may be. Uh, so that can be frustrating at times. Um uh, another thing that sometimes is just frustrating is that is spoilers. Like I hate spoilers. So sometimes when something is out and people can just binge it, they don't have to wait. The, there are those people that just like to get on social media and go, Oh, I saw this and this is what happened. Or, Oh, look, you know, and they'll post a picture of something that happened or they have to post some meme about something that they felt when they watched something. And it totally will spoil what, you know, what it is. So sometimes that, that sucks too. Like when people can get ahead of you and watch something, they just tend to spoil it. So sometimes you have to change your routine. Okay. I can't get on Facebook or whatever until I watch this show, because I know people are going to ruin it for me or I can't get, you know, you have, you, sometimes there is that rush to watch something. You kind of can't watch it on your own pace. Cause if you're a social person like me, you know, it's sometimes hard to avoid spoilers. So I do think that is something with the, the binge culture is that because people have the ability to watch it at a speed that you don't, they sometimes have the tendency and they don't mean it necessarily. They're just like, Oh wow. I saw this show and let me talk about it. But sometimes that does spoil it for you. So that is something sometimes that I just run into and it's a minor annoyance. Of course there are ways to counter that, but that is something that I do sometimes run into just a frustration of trying to avoid, uh, spoilers and whatnot. Um, and and another thing is kind of similar to what Heather said, but yeah, like even though right now in the midst of COVID, we're not able to go to movie theaters. So we are just kind of relying on what's on TV, but mainly just the streaming content. And yeah, like you said, you got to wonder if maybe this is kind of an, an ironic sort of kind of look into the future. Like you kind of wonder if eventually with all of these streaming services and with movies so quickly coming to streaming services, because that's another thing too. Like I remember, man, if you missed a movie in the theater, it might be months and months and months before it was available on DVD or VHS or whatever the case may be back then. It might be months before you saw it. 
on those things. But nowadays, I've seen content that was in the movie theater, and once it leaves the theater, in a matter of weeks, it was available for you to get on Prime or this or that or whatever the case may be. So you got to wonder, man, is this going to start cutting into movie theaters? Is it going to start becoming a thing where just like how we're all sitting here going, man, before I knew it, I just don't even really have a reason to watch television. Could we be saying the same thing about movie theaters in a few years? Will it become one of those things where we're suddenly going, man, I can't even remember the last time I went to a movie theater because everything I want to watch within months is just streaming. So that is definitely something to 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 think about, you know, how long before th- that becomes obsolete and, you, you know, you just don't get the feeling that this will ever really go away because it's just too convenient. I mean, the only way I see it going away is if some other more convenient alternative comes along. But shoot, what is that going to be? <laughs> like, I mean, what could that possibly be? Like, I mean, it's just too easy to access your phone. I mean, your phone is something that you carry around with you constantly. Your iPad and all that stuff like that. It's just too easy to just click and have a movie at your fingertips. So where would that possibly go? I just think that forever... For every streaming service that shuts down, another one is just going to be available with a company that's able to spend the money. So where will it ever go? All I see happening is just there's just going to be more and more and more of it. And I just see that hurting the other mediums that are less convenient. Well, with some of this stuff, um, to kind of address something that both you and Heather brought up, well, that you brought up, it ties back to something Heather had said in another episode when you were talking about people binge watching shit and posting memes and stuff like that on Facebook and about how that can change things. Because when we're talking about Tiger King, Heather was bringing up that she had, you know, seen all these memes about Carol Baskin. And before she even watched the show, it had already slanted her one way, you know? Yeah. And it's it's just funny that you were talking about it, like in that regard, when we had a very spe- specific example of that so recently, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And the one thing I'll say about this, well, while I do understand your guys' fears when it comes to movie theaters and stuff like that, and the, the, the convenience of streaming, one reason why that model won't change anytime soon is because nothing on a streaming service has the budgets that movies do, especially your big budget movies, because of the way they do revenue streams. You know, you can't film something like Avengers Endgame, which theoretically cost around $500 million to make and advertise and all that other shit, and then just put it on a streaming service and not go to a theater. You'll never recoup your costs for that movie in that regard. You know, where the movie theater model is the only thing that works for something like that, because the only way you have a shot of making your money back is for that to go into a theater. For people to buy tickets to just that. Yeah. You know, so that's why I don't see that model changing anytime soon. Because 
financially speaking, when it comes to especially big budget movies, they've got no incentive to do that. Like, why do you think like it's the same reason why like Black Widow and Mulan got pushed. They could have put them on Disney Plus. They didn't because they'll never recoup their money on those movies. Then that'd be an instant like 300, 400 million dollar loss for each movie. Plus, they'd already done all the advertising and all this other stuff. So then you're looking at 600 to 800 million dollars they would lose by not putting those movies in theaters. That's just too big of a hit. Yeah, I get that. It makes sense. The only way that would work is if you went the universal route, where I know Disney and MGM and and, and Sony, a couple of their movies that had come out in theaters right before this shit happened, they went ahead and put them on like iTunes and you can buy them for 15 bucks or 20 bucks or however much those movies would typically be, you know, when they would first go on sale. They just put them on sale almost instantly. But Universal went, no, you can rent our movies for 20 bucks. So that's more or less like, oh, hey, if you spend the price of two movie tickets, then you can watch our movie, you know, within the next 48 hours. You know, it would have to go that route where you would have to rent those movies for an absurd amount of money for it to kill the theater model right now. Because just otherwise, there's no point, you know, they won't recoup their money. So they're not going to make those movies anymore. So in those regards, I don't think you have to worry about that yet. I think you've got at least six years before they figure out how to do make big budget movies and then make them and put them on streaming. It's just, it's too much of a risk or it's not even too much of a risk. You're just not going to make your money back doing that. Especially when you look at something like a star Wars or a Marvel movie, they spend a couple hundred million. They're making a billion back. So they're making at least 600 million more per movie than they would putting it on a streaming service, you know? So that's kind of that balancing act of why we won't have to worry about that aspect of it yet. Yeah. And right now, I think um, also just politically speaking or just or really just more fiscally speaking. Yeah. Like you said, right now, there's just too much money at stake when it comes to uh, a movie movies and, you know, big budget releases and stuff like that, because when those movies come out, there are other things making money too. you know, your distribution companies, the movie theaters themselves, the companies that have these uh, movies in their theater available and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of money that's made after a film is made and it goes into circulation in the theaters and things like that. And so you'd stand all of those companies and people and things would stand to lose a lot of money doing it. So yeah, it's nothing that I see happening anytime soon, but I just fear that I wonder if eventually it just becomes not even fisc like, feasible fiscally to make big budget movies anymore. Like what if it becomes, you know, it would have to be just a drop off that there would have to be such a drop off in people coming to see movies to where uh, filmmakers and, and people like that and movie companies go, okay, it's not even, it's not even fiscally. It's not even feasible to make a $500 million movie, you know, it would have to become something like that where they look at the cost of the film and they go, okay, we're just not even going to do that anymore. We're just not even going to entertain a movie that would cost that unless we can do it at this amount, because you know, once it goes to the streaming service or whatever that future is, 
we're we're just not going to make a return on it unless it costs this much to make. And yeah, I do think we're a long way from something like that. It, but because right now, I mean, shoot, last year Avengers Endgame was the the highest grossing movie ever. And you know, there's still a lot of incentive to make movies. Like then you got your foreign markets and stuff like that. How could 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 stream and bite into that pie? You know, how could it? You know, it would have to really penetrate that movie market a lot. So we are a long way from that. But you just wonder, could it eventually happen? You know? Yeah. I think the only way you're going to get that is if they end up doing a streaming service for new release movies. That's just vastly more expensive than your traditional streaming service. Because I know they've talked about things like that. There have been some streaming services that do stream new release movies. I'm talking about brand new in theater movies, but I want to say the cost was like 250 or $300 a month type of things. Like it's just <laughs> drastically more. And it's for the people that are like exuberantly rich that have legitimate home theaters, like mini okay. theaters in their house. It's for those people. It's like for Bill Gates. Oh, Bill Gates, you don't want to go to the movie theater here. We'll allow you to stream this movie for this amount of money. You know what I mean? It's that type of shit. Like those things do exist right now, but that that's how it would have to be because ever since Jaws came out, the idea of a movie like movie studios and not releasing summer blockbusters, just blockbuster movies, even then here and like every once in a while, there would have to be such a huge drop off in how we view movies, such a huge one and not even us, the world. I mean, like you said, Justin, like the international markets, like they account for so much money when it comes to box offices now that like it would just have to be this huge market shift to truly change that paradigm when it comes to movies, you know, and I just don't see it happening anytime remotely soon to where something like that can happen. Unless I think, like I said, unless there's a streaming service that comes along where it's like, Hey, for a hundred dollars a month, you get to stream these movies, you know, you get two viewings each of new release of movies or something like that. You know what I mean? It'd have to be such a huge thing to where you're spending a ton yeah. of money on it. And then that's what's allowing them to make, re- recoup their costs and making those things, you know? But I mean, because one reason why movies are coming to streaming services so much faster than they used to come out on video and stuff like that is because now they're just maximizing the amount of time, like money their movies can make in a shorter period of time, you know? It used to be a movie would come out in theater and then they'd actually have to like go and convert it to a DVD or VHS format. They legitimately have to change the format of the movie, which would take time and then physically make all those copies of the movie, especially if it was a big movie, they'd have to physically make a lot of copies of it to get. And then, so whenever it came out on video, you would have enough copies for rental companies and enough copies for people to buy, you know, they'd have to do all that work beforehand. Yeah. True. Now you've got like, you know, a movie's out in theaters and, it, you know, it's theater runs done and Netflix just goes, hey, we'll give you $10 million just to, you know, or however many millions of dollars for us to be the first ones that can air it, you know, stream it. And you go, well, shit, okay. And they're like, yeah, but we want it in like two months. We want to be able to stream it in two months and we'll give you X amount of dollars. And they go, okay, cool. Because they know it's going to go on sale on video and around the same time. I mean, they always go on sale on video before they go streaming anyway. You know, so they go on sale on iTunes or whatever first, and then they go on streaming. And it's just 
because Netflix will pay them to make it quicker. That's all it is, is they're making more money because Netflix, like, because you know, ultimately, you're wanting your movie to end up on a streaming service, whether, you know, if it's Disney, they'll want it on Disney Plus, or you know what I mean? They'll want it on a streaming service at some point. And if someone's willing to pay you more money to make it happen faster, well, fuck it, you might as well. You're, you're just maximizing the value of your property at the time because you, you have to worry about if I wait two months, their offer is going to go down. I'm not going to make as much money if we wait. So they're just going to maximize the amount of money they can make off a of property. Even shitty movies. I mean, that's the crazy thing about it. Even shitty movies, I don't want to say turn a profit, but will make studios more money just because some streaming service will go, hey, yeah, sure, we'll give you $5 million for that to stream on our service for <laughs> six true. months. And they're like, cool, we were hoping for three. You just said five. Too late. You know, like, that's just how it is now. You know, and, and the crazy thing is, is now some of those deals are set up before the movie's even in theaters. I mean, like I was talking about with New Mutants, Fox had already signed a deal with HBO before the movie was even released, before Fox had even delayed it a couple of times, before Disney even bought them. Fox had already made a deal with HBO that when it does go to streaming, it's going to them first, before any of that. That's bonkers that HBO was willing to even pay them money for a movie that no one had fucking seen. And now it's literally three years after it was supposed to come out originally and still no one's seen it. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are people that have seen it, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it hadn't been released to the public at all and its streaming rights are locked up still. That's crazy. I mean, it's funny because we're talking about all this stuff. We haven't even really talked about Disney Plus. Really? We haven't even talked about Disney Plus, which is one of the bigger streaming services right now. You know, it's, it, there's too much shit. That's sad that I'm saying that because I love watching shit. <laughs> I've watched shit that people won't even imagine. I mean, I can't say that because someone imagined it because it got fucking made somewhere. But like <laughs> the garbage that I am willing to watch, like, and I'm not even saying this, on the, but there's just so much shit out there that like the fact that I even found this garbage to watch blows my mind. <laughs> But like it's it's I, I'm, I'm wondering if we're getting to the point where there's just too much shit at some point, there's going to be a market correction because they're going to have to get rid of something. These companies can't keep producing new shows and new movies all the time, like because at a certain point, they're just going to be losing money. And I guess I mean, this is as good as time as any to go into why I think Netflix is going to fail because let me pull up the exact number again because I want to make sure I have this right. Netflix, as of what is this, January 22nd, 2020, is roughly right now $14.8 billion in debt. And that was billion with a wow. B. $14.8 billion. It is almost five Avengers Endgames in debt. And a lot of it has to do with back in the day, the amount of money they were spending to get exclusive rights to certain content whether it was your offices or your parks and recs, your friends, you know, those big shows that got people to just get their service and to stay on their service. Because like I said, I believe the office is why a lot of people kept Netflix, you know, and yeah, you'll watch shit here and there. You'll watch something here and there, but nobody's watching all only a Netflix original content all the time. Nobody is watching that only. You're still watching something old on Netflix that was on TV back in the day. And I feel like a lot of people for a lot of people, and it's, and it's not even that I feel Netflix has even said like one of the number one things watched is the office. Like 
it's it's to the point where I think worldwide there have been trillions of hours of the uh, of the office watched just from people watching it over and over again all over the world. Trillions of hours of the office have been watched on Netflix. It's by far and large the most watched thing ever on Netflix. It's not even close. They're losing that in the next couple of months. You can't tell me they're not going to have a subscriber dip off there. And one reason why they've been able to establish so much debt is because Netflix doesn't lose many subscribers. It's always in a net gain of subscribers. So they're not losing subscribers. So investors are willing to give them money. Banks are willing to give them loans, give them credit, extending it, giving them more, even though like, you know, that Netflix might owe a bank, you know, $20 million and they go to that bank and go, hey, uh, give me 90 more. And they go, yeah, you've been doing it and we see your figures. So yeah, sure. Here's another 90 more. You know, they're, they're getting debt on debt on debt. And because their numbers are, like I said, they're always constant. They've always, they're not really always losing subscribers. They've always got a net gain of subscribers. At a certain point, they're going to they're gonna take a dip somewhere. And I think the office might do it to them. I think the office is going to go away. And I think slowly over a few years, there's going to be just less and less people on it. It's, I think it's going to take, it won't be a big hit at first. Because I think people will try to find something else. Maybe it is Parks and Rec. But then Parks and Rec will be the next thing that goes. You know, and then without friends, because we know that's going to be on HBO and all this other stuff. I feel like they're going to start losing subscribers. And then they're going to start cutting back on the number of original shows. And then they're going to still be losing numbers. And so once they start steadily losing subscribers at any point, they're no longer going to be getting loans. They're no longer going to be getting credit. And at that point, they're not going to be able to then make stuff because they're not making enough money to even cover their debt. They will collapse with that. And if the debt's too high, I know Justin was saying, well, somebody will sweep in and buy it and all this other stuff. Or, you know, something like that. If the debt's too high, it's going to be too much. I mean, it'll have to be like a Disney or an Apple or something like that that can sweep in and go, oh, you know, you're 15 billion in debt. Well, we'll give you 20 billion for the company. You know, there are even with these big companies and all this other stuff, a 20 billion dollar buyout is still a lot of money, you know, and it probably it wouldn't even be 20 because while they're 15 billion in debt, probably the evaluation for the company would probably be somewhere around 80 or 90 billion. Because the way we value shit's bonkers, but like Netflix doesn't have the ability right now to where if all their loans got called in and they were like, hey, you've got by the end of the week to pay off all your loans, all your debt. Netflix can do it. They even though they make a ton of money and all this other stuff, they don't have enough money to just sit there and go, oh, OK, well, here's 15 billion. We're clear. They can't do that right now. So for them to honestly get an evaluation, it'd probably be around, like I said, 80, 90 billion dollars. If not even 100, it could be 100. It wouldn't surprise me. It would take a Disney or Netflix, or I mean, I'm sorry, not a Netflix, a Disney or an Amazon or an Apple. Those are really the only companies in the world that could go, okay, bought you, and then pay off the debt too. You know what I mean? So I think I think there is a good chance, honestly, I, I would not be surprised at all. And that sounds like a, like a cop-out. So I would, I'm going to even say, I think within three years, Netflix won't be a company anymore. It'll be owned by somebody else within three years. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because like I said, once they start doing a net loss of subscribers, nobody's going to give them more money if they're taking a loss like that. Because the one reason why people are giving them so much credit and allowing for so much debt is just because they're, they've got a net increase in subscribers. The second that starts taking a hit, it's going to slowly just 
it's going to start slowly. And I don't, it'll, it'll, it'll probably for like a year, it won't even look like it's that bad for a year. Cause like I said, they release so much new original content that nobody even notices when they release some shit, which that's also the other terrible model of it. If you go look at their, their, the, all the Netflix originals outside of a few big name shows here and there and stuff like that, they've got so much shit. I didn't even know they had. So like, why the fuck are you making it? If you aren't trying to get people to watch it, like that's what blows my mind. They'll have like comedy specials from these random comedians. I'm like, you're not even promoting them. So why the fuck did you spend the money to make it? Just in case these 20 people that like this comedian accidentally find it? Like you, you some of the shit you have to accidentally find of their original content. Like why do you hide, like why do you produce so much original content that you can't even successfully fucking just promote any of it? You've, like I said, you've got some big shows here and there. I mean, granted, they've got more big shows than, you know, just here and there. I, 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 that does sound like I'm discounting the number of big shows they do have because they do have a lot. But, like, they'll just have a random, like, sitcom or something that they produce. Or just, like I said, you go to the Netflix original section on there, there's shit on there from, like, three years ago that's on, like, a season two that I'm like, who even knows that exists? I've never heard anybody talk about this. Yeah. You know? And so, like I said, the first year of them, like, their downfall you won't even notice that much because it'll just be less original shit. So as long as the big names still come out, cool, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to notice. But then it's going to get to the point towards big show gets canceled, this big show gets canceled, this big show gets canceled. Or, you know, they sell the rights to somebody. You know what I mean? It's going to be a snowball. And then all of a sudden, you're going to start seeing the amount of content on Netflix that's not original will start disappearing too because they can't get new agreements to get people to stream on their stuff. And so they're going to start losing that content because they're never going to take their new content off or their original content. They're never going to take that off, but you'll start seeing the other content disappear. You'll start seeing less new content and then it'll get to the point to where they're like, we can't make anything. Somebody please buy us. That's what I foresee no later than the year 2023. Mm. So that's the deadline I'm giving myself. December 31st, 2023, Netflix will have been bought by somebody else because it started to crumble. Hmm, okay. Mark his words, everyone. <laughs> and then it's crazy because you got to think about what it'll do for like consumers too. Cause like, does that mean that it'll be some other company that started a streaming service? So you got to buy that one. Or does it mean that the, like if let's just say Disney buys it and they, then they decide to, well, now we've got so much more content. We're going to charge you more a month for Disney plus, you know, it just, you just feel like, um, the, if the company loses somehow, I just feel like the consumer, you know, is that, you just wonder, is that going to be a win or loss for consumers? Are you just going to wind up paying more to another company? who now has it, or are you going to wind up picking up another streaming service because now Netflix is gone? So you just wonder what position, if that does eventually happen, what position is that going to put your consumer in, you know? I think it'll be, if Disney buys them, I've got, I've got some crazy theories when it comes to, to streaming services in the future. I think within three years also, I don't think Hulu will exist anymore, at least not as we know it. Because Hulu right now, if people don't realize, is now majority controlled by Disney. Its other main stakeholder is NBC Universal, which is owned by Comcast. NBC, like, like we talked about earlier, they're starting their own streaming service soon. 
So once the deals start expiring on Netflix and once the deals start expiring for their content on Hulu, that content's just going to be moved over to them. HBO's starting it or it, it's a new streaming service, which that's anything that what company I think technically owns that. I think technically that's all owned by AT&T at this point, which I think a lot of that content will start being moved off of Hulu, um, which I they do that. They own a market share of Hulu, too. But so your stuff from like Comedy Central will go to Hulu or I mean, we'll go to HBO. Um, some of these other channels they own that people don't realize they own. Those are all going to start moving to HBO Max once those deals expire because they can't just pull it. They have to wait for the deals to expire. So Hulu's going to slowly become just essentially content owned by Disney because all the other partners will pull out once those deals expire. Once it gets to that point, I think Hulu's going to transition to airing content from Fox and FX because, you know, those are owned by Disney. And I think it's going str- to that's going to become their place where all their rated R shit that they got from the Fox merger. I think that's where they're going to put that shit. Because nothing over PG-13 or nothing worse than PG-13 will ever be on Disney+. Plus. So I think Hulu is going to become the catch-all for that. You know, mm. your, uh, your alien movies, you know, your Deadpools, your, you know, rated R shit made by Fox, I think will start appearing on Hulu. So I think Hulu will I end up becoming, Hulu will end up becoming, like I said, their Fox and their rated R content place. Or they honestly, they might just start another streaming service for another eight bucks a month. And it's all the rated R shit from Fox, <laughs> which I'm not gonna lie. I'd fucking buy in a heartbeat. Um, but I think that that's what Hulu is going to become is that I think Hulu is going to become that catch all with that. So I think if it does go over under, if Apple doesn't buy them or Amazon doesn't buy them, I think it'd be Disney. And if Disney did it, they're not going to make you buy another streaming service. No, all the shit that's kid friendly will go to Disney plus all the not kid friendly shit goes to Hulu and Netflix is just no longer a thing. That's all they would do. Apple would do the same thing. Apple wouldn't start, like do anything. Apple might actually just keep the name Netflix, but honestly, it would just go to Apple TV Plus is all it would do. Same with Amazon. Amazon wouldn't, you know, start a new streaming service. It just become a part of Amazon Prime, you know, because I just don't think there's another company out there. By the time all this happens in the evaluation of the properties and all this other stuff, I don't think that there's going to be another just random company out there that'd be able to buy Netflix. You know, it's going to have to be a media company that's already fucking gigantic, like a Disney or an Amazon or an Apple. Those are the only three I logistically see buying it by that point. You know, there's an outside shot that maybe a company like Alibaba or was it not Alibaba? I'm sorry, uh, AliExpress, which is essentially the international Amazon huge in Asia. Uh, They would maybe have an outside shot because they are way bigger than people in America realize. Because like I said, they're Amazon pretty much for the rest of the world. Well, yes, Amazon does have services in the rest of the world. AliExpress is way bigger, you know. So there is an outside shot that maybe a company like that could buy them. And then in that kind of regard, it would become their version of Amazon Instant Prime. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. But honestly, that'd be the only outside company I could see doing it. that would be big enough that could do it. Because the only other companies that are big enough that could do it it would just make no sense for them to get into the TV market. You know what I mean? Right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, like General Electric. There's no reason for General Electric to buy a streaming service. You know, like, so I don't see that happening. But one of these other media companies, that's all they do. I mean, 
like I said, I just think, I think it'd be a shot. And like I said, since Amazon's trying to get, or not Amazon, well, I guess Google. Google would be the other company that I guess could. Google could do it too, which I guess technically their company's Alphabet. Alphabet owns Google. Um, I guess that would be the other company that I, I didn't bring up. Alphabet could do it. But like I said, it would be one of these big names we already know. You know what I mean? Those are the ones I see that would do it. Um, but like I said, I think Hulu is going to be gone because of that. Like I said, as we know it, Hulu will be gone. You know, I guess the only good thing is, is we never have to worry about ABC or Fox starting their own streaming services because they're both owned by Disney. So their shit's just going to go to Hulu or Disney Plus if it's appropriate. You know what I mean? So I guess that's the good thing is we don't have to worry about those networks starting their own streaming services because their parent company already has one. They're not going to spend more money creating more streaming services. They're just going to roll over to those. Yeah. So that takes care of technically all the major networks, quote unquote, like your network television. You've got what CBS, NBC, ABC and Fox, two of them are owned by the same company. And the other two, one of them already has their own streaming service that makes no sense in CBS All Access. And I'll go on the record. The only reason why I have that is because I wanted to watch Picard and I've been too lazy to cancel my subscription so far. But and then NBC starting one. So that's the one plus is we don't have to worry about that. I think cable channels like your cable or what you used to be traditional, your cable networks. I don't think we have to worry about those starting streaming services because a most of them are actually owned by somebody else anyway. They're owned by a group. You know what I mean? So those media groups might start streaming services, but you run the risk of that being too niche, you know, like, oh, get this streaming service for all your content for these five channels you may watch one of. It'd make more sense for them just to sell off their content to other people and make money that way. You know, networks tend to have more money than your cable, you know, uh, media stuff. So. But yeah, I do. I do think we're going to end up getting a bubble burst at some point. And like I said, I think it's going to be Netflix that does it. I just don't see that model holding up because if you read business articles, like a few business articles that I've read about all this stuff, a lot of them talk about how they have no idea how Netflix is even working. Like they're just flabbergasted that Netflix is able to be what it is, considering the sheer amount of debt it's slowly collecting. You know, you don't typically see a company like that that's as big as it is sitting with that much debt and it's accruing more, you know, I mean, it's their stock looks great right now because everybody that had money or whatever, or had extra money or whatever, they all invested in Netflix. Once all this shit, this quarantine shit started happening. Cause yeah, sure. It's going to go up like that. And it, it looks great. And like I said, because all their numbers are good. Subscribers are up. People are watching it. People are talking about it. It's huge as fuck right now. I just, like I said, once they start losing some of these things that people just inherently watch on it, that's not original content. Oh man, it's going to start losing it. And if I'm right, no one's going to ever hear the end of it. (laughs) I'm going to rub it in everybody's faces that I called it. And there's proof in the recording that you did say that. Exactly. So do you guys have any predictions of star streaming services? I know I'm in, like I said, I've read business articles about the business model of Netflix. You know, and that's what I was doing. Not even that wasn't even like it was research for this episode. Like that's kind of one of the reasons that inspired me wanting to do this episode. We're reading articles like that and stuff. But yeah, do you guys have any predictions or thoughts uh, about streaming in the future? What things you hope to see from streaming in the future? Or like maybe your thoughts about the idea of the HBO Max or the new Peacock streaming service? Because I know one thing that you, you talked about, Heather 
with the show Psych. I don't know if Psych, the, the, I know Psych's coming out with the second movie this year. I actually don't know if it's going to air on USA. Um, it is not. It is going to be on Peacock, exclusively on Peacock. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that I, I knew I knew Peacock was going to stream it. I just didn't know if it was going to be on USA first or something, you know. But yeah, because I saw the other day yep. when Peacock started releasing trailers for some of their new original content, which is like a new Punky Brewster, which I didn't know that needed to be a thing. Um, a new mm-hmm. Saved by the Bell series that has caused mixed emotions with people. And the other trailer I saw for stuff for Peacock was the Psych 2 trailer. Or it wasn't even a trailer. Right. It was just kind of a collection of random scenes for like 15 seconds. Yeah, um, like a little teaser. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was going to say is that's going to be exclusively on Peacock. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like, so what are y'all, some of y'all's thoughts or predictions on it? I guess I should maybe say somebody first so you're not jumping on people. Heather, what are some of your thoughts then? I mean, I I honestly would not have guessed that about Netflix. Like everything you're saying, that's interesting. It's just, I don't know. I feel like because that's the one that you hear people just like talk about all the time still, except for Disney Plus. Um, I just, I would have thought that it's probably just going to continue to thrive. But it's interesting hearing about all the, all the debt they're in and all of those things. And then, yeah, when they take off certain shows like The Office and all of that, Yeah, I mean, they might lose a lot of people that want to watch it because they're going to go to all these other ones where they can see that. So I I would have not really um, it wouldn't have been on my radar to think that they would be maybe in a couple of years in serious trouble. Um, So that would not have been my prediction. But it's interesting because, yeah, seeing the business behind it, it's interesting. Um, I do think Peacock is going to be fairly big. but I actually, I, I'm actually surprised Apple TV isn't a little bit bigger than it is now. Um, and I don't know if it's maybe because it came out sort of around the same time as um, the Disney Plus did. But I kind of foresee that maybe getting a little bit bigger just because some of the shows that they have had as originals, like the morning show and that Dickinson show, um, they're getting a lot of really great reviews and things like that. So I'm wondering if that might become something that, um, you know, as the streaming services go on, they gain a little bit more ground. So and I do think Disney Plus is probably it's going to. I, I can definitely see that kind of taking the place of Netflix and how popular it is and the one that most people have and are starting to watch. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely think that one is going to continue to grow. Um, and just, yeah, that one's not going to go away for a while. So I think that one's going to be the big, big one for a while. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I just would say my only thing is I would not have predicted Netflix being in so much trouble and potentially, yeah, like serious danger of being bought out or collapsing in the next few years. So, yeah. What about you, Justin? Yeah. I mean, just hearing what everybody had to say and thinking about it, it does make you wonder just uh, like I said, what the future holds is. Could could it get to the point to where um, suddenly the movie theater experience is altered by it? Like I said, I mean, it took time, but we've already seen kind of television, uh, what it's done to the avenue of television. And now it seems like after the success of Netflix, you are seeing more and more of these uh, companies go, oh, we can do the streaming thing and make money off of it. But 
if, but then you think about all the debt that Netflix is in, and it does make you wonder, well, what is the business model if they're not successful and so many people are watching them? I mean, there, there's, a, there's a slogan for Netflix. I mean, you know, there's a Netflix and chill. I mean, there are sayings. I mean, normally, I mean, Netflix has just become a household name. I mean, literally, it's a household right. name. I mean, normally when, when people are referring to streaming, they're talking about that they say something that has to do with Netflix, almost like when people say a lot of places, some places where when people are referencing soda pop, they say Coke. I mean, it's kind of like that. It's synonymous with streaming. And you got to wonder if their business model is failing, then is there a business model for success? Or is this just the fate of streaming? Like, is it fiscally possible to profit off of it? And if so, how popular or maintaining does your content have to be? Because even though Disney Plus I see it as something that can sustain itself just because of the sheer money that Disney has and what they have control over. Uh, I have seen articles talking about the fact that the uh, one problem is going to be continue having continuous exclusive content because there were people who were canceling their subscription because from uh, from Disney Plus because the Mandalorian was over and they were like, well, I mean, I'll just get it again when the Mandalorian starts, starts up again. I know people that did that. So, and now Disney, of course, you've got your Disney originals and the cart and the, the original animated cartoons and you got your Marvel movies on there and things like that. So obviously there are incentives to keep Disney plus, but you got to wonder about that too. Will that catch up to them where people are like, well, I, I watch it because of this series that they have. But once that series that they have is over, you know, can I, should I just cancel it and start it up when my, when my series starts up again? So will it kind of become this thing where people are, where all these services are just competing and really you are just buying for what has the exclusive content you're invested in and how will that change things? You know, how do they get around locking in these contracts to where people will have to keep the service or is that the future of it? You're going to wind up paying more money and being locked into these contracts where you have to pay for a year or you have to pay for six months or you have to pay for, and maybe we're almost already there. You know what I mean? So that's another thing to think about is just how far is it going to go? And at what point does it start to hurt the consumer? Yeah. Well, bringing up what you're talking about with Disney plus Disney realized they fucked up after the Mandalorian uh, Mandalorian. With when it comes to new original content for Disney Plus, because of how big that show was. And then, like you said, then they had subscribers that were dropping out because of that. And a lot of them were, you know, does a little survey and they're like, oh, why are you leaving? And a lot of people were telling them, oh, because, you know, there's nothing I want to watch anymore. And, and with that, you do have, like, they, they, at the time, once 
the the Mandalorian ended and they started seeing their numbers change, they did announce that like some of the MCU shows that were supposed to come out in 2021, they were like, oh, they'll come out in 2020 now. And, you know, uh, some of the, the other Star Wars stuff, they had, they were like, oh, well, we're, they're pushing up the release of Mandalorian season two and all this other stuff. They started moving a lot of their content forward because they were like, oh, that's how we're going to get people is if we, you know, give them this, you know, and you're you're still going to have people stick around for all the other Disney content. But they were like so that certain subscriber base, you know, we're going to need more content for it and stuff. That, so they started moving a lot of that stuff forward. I'm assuming all that got fucked with this whole COVID-19 thing, like all the shit that they were pushing forward. They had to stop filming it like, you know, yeah, they had to stop filming WandaVision. They had to stop working on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, they had to stop working on some of the stuff for Mandalorian season two, like because they weren't that, uh, you know, far into production for it yet. But they had to start canceling all that shit because of it. So, you know, Disney. Yeah, they're probably good. It's but I think also, though, one thing that Disney did is like I think with Onward. Is like I said, once all the stuff because it had already been on theaters, they said fuck it and put it on Disney Plus. You know, yeah. I think stuff like that. I think I think Disney Plus will find a base that will end up being bigger than what we're ex- um expecting on it. But yeah, I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do, especially coming out of this because they know they do need more original content on it. And I think going back to what Heather was saying with it, when it comes to Apple TV and stuff like that, uh, Apple TV Plus. I think Apple just kind of thought they could come out with a few shows and then that'd be like, yeah, everybody's just going to start watching it. Not realizing that they also need the other side of it, which is what I was talking about with Netflix are just those shows that you just watch. There's nothing on Apple plus that you can just sit there and watch for hours, you know, whether it's in the background or what, you know what I mean? There's not those, those filler shows, Yeah. you know, for people to fall back onto, you know, which is most of Disney Plus's content is all filler shows. Cause it's all just their old shit. Whereas, so that's where, that's where Disney plus needs to reach that balance of filler shows and new content or, you know, in original content to them. Cause it, I mean, well, I can't even say that it's all original content for them, but you know what I mean? That new exclusive content for it that would only, you know, only ever appeared on Disney plus where Apple did the opposite and they just had all brand new shit with no filler. That's why I think honestly, and I think that's what Apple's struggling with right now is trying to figure out a way to get that stuff because that's what they want. They want something like Netflix. They want, honestly, what Apple wants to be able to do is they want you to have, uh, they want you to be able to subscribe to an Apple TV program that is just like Apple Music. Apple Music essentially, in a roundabout way, lets you listen to anything on iTunes. Well, it's not even iTunes anymore, but you know, the Apple Music store, Apple Music allows you to listen to anything that they sell as far as music goes. Roughly, there are a few exceptions here and there, but you know what I mean? That's the purpose of it. They want to do the same thing with movies and television. They want to get to the point to where anything you can watch or, I mean, buy as far as movies or TV from Apple, they want to get to the point to where instead you pay them 20 bucks a month and you can watch all that shit. And then that would instantly become the biggest market for everything, you know? But, like, that's what they want to get to. That's why I think Apple... Apple or Google or Amazon would probably be the ones that would want to buy Netflix the most. I think Disney would do it, but I think the other ones are going to want it more. I think Apple's going to want it more than anybody because Google hasn't shown too much interest into getting into TV outside of them half-heartedly doing some shit on YouTube Red. 
That's the closest they've gotten to doing something. And let's be real, outside of Cobra Kai, can anyone name another show they've done on YouTube, Red? Nope. <laughs> nope. Exactly. You know, but don't get me wrong. Cobra Kai is amazing. Um, but outside of that, nobody knows anything they do. You know, Amazon, sure, they would love to buy it because just why the fuck not? They would just be making sure that everyone stays an Amazon Prime member for even longer than infinity anyway. Like everybody already wants to be an Amazon Prime member. Why wouldn't you want to be even more if it also included Netflix? Like how crazy would that be? For 15 bucks a month, you get all Amazon Prime's already extensive video library, Netflix's library, and packages delivered in one to two days. I mean, within five years of that, we're all going to be getting Amazon tattoos because we're going to be owned by them too. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really picture Apple would be the one to want to buy Netflix the most because then that would instantly give them a library of filler content, Netflix original content, and their own original content. That would bolster their library drastically and position them way better than where they're at right now when it comes to streaming services. That's just my thoughts on it, on that aspect of it. Um, just commenting on what you were talking about with uh, Disney Plus subscriptions going away, Justin, and what Heather was talking about with Apple TV uh, being as big as people were thinking. I think that was the big fallacy is that they didn't hit they didn't hit that balance that Netflix kind of had in their they're weirdly thinking they can get away from of you need, you need that both, you need both types of content, you know, and Amazon's yeah. got, and honestly, Amazon's kind of put themselves in the best possible way with that. They've got a good selection of original content um, with some really good shows and stuff like that. And they've got a ton of that other content that people want to watch. I think they're kind of setting themselves up really kind of smart with that. And I think that that's why they're kind of able to not just die financially from it is getting that really good balance. Yeah. And, and, and also just it being a part of your Amazon prime. I think that's the smartest thing in the world. They might lose money on one aspect of it, but they're gaining it on another by just being a part of Amazon prime. You know, I don't watch a ton of stuff on Amazon instant uh, prime video, but I do watch some things and I have it just for the packages anyway. So the fact that, I'm killing two birds with one stone by getting faster packages and video content means that's probably the last subscription of all these streaming services I will ever get rid of. You know, if I become destitute and homeless, I'm still probably going to have an Amazon instant prime <laughs> subscription. Like, cause at least cause that you're the amount of bang for your buck, if you will, is infinitely higher with Amazon instant prime than anything else. So I think that's the, the they're the smartest service out there so any final thoughts on streaming guys nope no i'm good all right well we're gonna do a brand new segment for you guys and nothing better to do that than on a streaming service episode and it's gonna be just us telling you what kind of content if you will we've been consuming whether it's a music a tv show comic books a book i don't know anything really i don't know maybe one of them picked up gardening and they're like, yeah, I've been growing azaleas the last week. Who knows? But we'll start doing this at least for a few episodes. Just kind of see how it is, you know, give a little more personal connection with everything. Heather, what have you been consuming? Well, definitely a lot of streaming services, <laughs> but um, I have actually been um, catching up on some HBO um, content like uh, Westworld and Insecure 
and just like their, um, you know, original shows that they do. I've been catching up on that, which is nice because I, I don't really like I don't watch HBO all that much unless it is one of their new series out just because they do have really great um, shows that they put out. So as far as um, entertainment value goes, that's definitely what I've been doing. Um, I've also been doing just like trying to find on YouTube a lot of um, just like fun workouts to do because I kind of miss the gym and I miss my Zumba class I do. So I've been kind of like trying to find ones to kind of make it still fun and switch it up to where I'm not just like I've done it once and I'm done with it. Um, you know, so just trying to at least do something active in this time of not being able to do much of anything. So I've been like looking on YouTube at some different, um, forms of exercise to try and keep me busy and active when, you know, I'm not laying on the couch. (laughs) So yeah, pretty much that's what so far I've been kind of up to. Justin, what about you? Oh man, Heather, I feel you on the, I miss the gym, man, (laughs) that that's been really, for me, that's been the toughest transition is going from, and I mean, some days I was going twice a day because I was going during my lunch breaks and I was going after work. So to go from going, having two sessions a day almost for about four to four to six days a week. And then to go from that to none has been, has been tough. It's been a tough adjustment. So yeah, just like you, I've been on YouTube looking for workouts. One time I just sent out a feeler on my Facebook and was like, Hey, well, put links and tell me what you've been doing just so I don't (laughs) run out of ideas and stuff like that. And that's been kind of a struggle. And then it's been weird on dieting too, because now that I'm not working out as much, I can't consume as many calories as I used to. Otherwise I'm asking for trouble. So that's so even just adjusting to that. So I've been trying to eat less because I'm work, I'm not as active. So that's just been, all of that has been just, um, a tough transition. Um, but if there's one industry that might be flourishing during this time, it might be the video game industry because they sure have taken a lot of money from me here lately. (laughs) Um, like, it seems like, and I don't, you know, it seems like uh, one, me and a friend were jokingly saying that, I wonder if this has been a conspiracy by the video game industry. It's their fault. They did this, you know, because we were joking that about that one day because it seemed like all of these just great video games dropped all within this month and it's all games and seemingly it's all games that I grew up playing. All these great remakes have come out, whether you're talking about resident evil, final fantasy seven, like there's just been all of these great remakes of games that have come out that I used to play. So man, I've just been in nostalgia city when it comes to playing all these great games and just all of my childhood has come back in the form of that. So I've kind of just renewed my love for that. And another thing that's just been a struggle is just connecting, man. You know, I, I miss just going and seeing people are 
going and meeting people and going to movies and man, I miss the movie theater. I really miss it, man. I miss going and getting my popcorn and anticipating the releases and planning a day to go see the movies and, you know, chilling with my friends and us going and talking about, well, what did you think of this or that? I miss all of that, that social time that I used to have. So I've kind of replaced it with social media time. So I kind of started doing this thing where I've just been naming my favorite movies and I I pick a category. Maybe it's an actor or maybe it's vampire movies or maybe it's what, what are your favorite Pixar movies? And I just post like my top five or whatever, top 10 or whatever. And that's kind of kept me busy. It keeps me communicating with people. And every now and then you get a surprise or you get something you haven't seen. And then it gives me incentive to watch something that maybe I haven't seen or something I forgot about and hadn't seen it in a long time. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen that movie in a while. I put it on my top 10. I'll watch it. So it, it really it's all been an adjustment. I've adjusted the way I'm communicating with people and, and I'm adjusting the way I'm trying to stay active. So yeah, it's definitely been a struggle uh, at times dealing with the, 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 the COVID culture at the moment, man, you guys are bummers. being all depressing about it and shit. (laughs) Like talking about the gym, come the fuck on. Like, (laughs) I haven't been to a gym since ever. It's great. <laughs> you guys should try that. Just not going to the gym ever. Um, no, honestly, I mean, for me, let's just go. Every time we do this segment, let's just do an understood rule that anytime I'm saying this, also include afterwards binge watching a stupid amount of episodes of the original Law and Order. Because I don't think people understand how much of that I watch a week. <laughs> um, it's almost a second full-time job. but. For me, I've actually this week I started reading uh, some comics again. I haven't read comics in a while because a lot of the stuff I I had been reading is on hiatus or stopped um, and all this other stuff. So I haven't really read comics in a while because I I stopped reading a lot of superhero shit a long time ago. Um, And when Moon Knight stopped printing, I, you know, stopped reading those. Um, But Moon Knight made an appearance in Marvel's Marvel's got like they're doing some stuff with Conan the Barbarian. and uh, they did this little four issue miniseries of the Serpent Wars. And randomly enough, Moon Knight appears in that with Conan and a few other random characters that people don't even know. But uh, Moon Knight played a big part in that. So I, I bought those issues and read those. It's all leading up to what was supposed to happen actually this month, which may not yet, which the Avengers and Marvel, they're going into an Age of Khonshu series. Um, which if anybody knows anything about Marvel, when they do anything, it's the age of something. It's where some sort of being or whatever, like the age of apocalypse or the age of Ultron, where some villain of some sort more or less takes over everything. And then everybody has to team up against them. And apparently they're doing an age of Khonshu series, which means the Egyptian God deity that is a part of Moon Knight or gives Moon Knight his abilities, however you want to look at it, is going to take over the world in some way, shape or form. And apparently in the first issue, the Moon Knight just beats the fuck out of all the Avengers. And this is like a Black Panther, a Captain Marvel, uh, like these really big, powerful characters. And apparently Moon Knight beats the fuck out of them. So I'm all down for that. And apparently like some of the, the things that lead up to that, like why or how Moon Knight can do that and stuff like that. 
um, some of those apparently were introduced in Serpent Wars. And so I was like, oh, I need to go read this now. So I did. I read those this week. Um, and I'm pretty fucking excited because I feel like this version of Moon Knight will be like my version of Moon Knight from Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, where I, because I had played the, the X-Men Legends games, you know, and Jastin really hadn't. I had played those through to completion. I knew how those games were structured. I knew the likelihood of where power-ups were and things like that. So when me and Jastin were playing through that game, I knew where power-ups were. And then I know we've talked about it before. My, my Moon Knight by the end of that game was a fucking God character. I <laughs> yep. just True destroy bosses. We beat the game and then we like, it does the replay through where you get to keep all your power, like all your power-ups and all your level-ups and all this other stuff and restart the game. And we get to Fing Fang Foom and I'm doing the Moon Knight nunchuck ability and I'm one hit killing Fing Fang Foom. Like I'm doing it once because you can't one hit kill him because every certain amount of power he loses, it goes to the cinematic where he flies through the sky and you have to harpoon him from the helicarrier. But I could go up to him and do the nunchuck and would instantly get him to the next cinematic. So it's like three or four of those and he was dead. And if it was and then by the time we were getting into it, like further on with other bosses that it wouldn't do that to. I could one hit kill bosses with Moon Knight's nunchucks because I had him so fucking powered up. It was amazing. I was just better than everybody. And I feel like that's this version of Moon Knight. He's just going to come in and beat all the fucking Avengers up. And I'm so super stoked about that. Um, I've also started reading a series that I had read a little of, and I now got the rest of the issues so I can catch up on it. It's a series called Trees, and it's written by Warren Ellis which that should sound familiar to people because he's the guy that wrote Castlevania that me and Justin talked about in another episode. And he's one of my favorite comic book writers. And it just, if you're a fan of comic books or, and I'm not even talking about in the traditional superhero sense, I'm just talking about a fan of comics. If you're a fan of sci-fi, you're a fan of some weird shit. Uh, I suggest reading trees because that's a weird fucking story. I don't even know how to really explain it. Like, think about these little tree things that just, like, kind of land all over the world, but they're actually, like, rockets, and there's, like, a mystery behind, like, what are they? Like, they just kind of appear. It's just really crazy. It's really good. You should just read it. That's 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 what I've been doing outside of watching a stupid amount of Law & Order. I've read some comics and shit and not worked out. That's the other side of it. Where you try to try to figure out ways to work out, I just didn't work out even more. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's my side of this. But other than that, guys, thank you everyone for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast, at Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. Um, if there's anything on any of these streaming services that you think we should do a review on, because, you know, we're all isolating, we're all movie theaters are closed anyway, it doesn't matter. So we can't see new movies. But if there's anything on there that like comes out or new or anything like that, or you think you'd just be a really great episode on, let us know because we've already done a couple of listener uh, requested episodes. Um, so yeah, just hit us up on those. Um, send those out to us. Let us know what uh, you think or you'd like to hear us do an episode on. Or if there's just like some random movie topic that you'd maybe think it'd be really cool if we did, if, you know, send that to us. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. Um, I'm talking really fast because it's way later at night than you would think it would for us doing a two hour and something pod minute podcast at this point. So I'm going to shut up now and just say, unlike, or fuck. See, now I throw myself off because I stopped. Um, <laughs> just remember, guys, in the next few months, whenever comics start getting printed again, check out Avengers because Moon Knight's going to be beat the fuck out of everybody. And that should be important to everybody because according to Justin, 
Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. I stream, you stream, everybody stream until it's just a dream. I thought you were going to say like I stream, you stream, we all stream for ice stream. I should have, but I couldn't come up with another word to rhyme it. So I lost my train of thought. Yeah, that's why you just use stream. <laughs>